0: Hi, uh, today is January 5th, uh, the end of the first week of trading of 2024. My name is Junie, and we'll go through the Theta Game podcast. I'm not a financial advisor, and nothing I say is financial advice. I'm literally just a normal retail trader, just like you. I'm not certified or graduate finance, just a regular trader that started on Wall Street Bets years ago. I've lost a lot of money and made some of it back and more after finding a system that worked for me. I share my trades, system, and experiences all for free learn from my mistakes, and use my experiences to help you rebound after shorting GameStop one too many times. You can view all my trades for free at datagang.com slash juni, no sign up required, and email me any questions that I'll answer on the podcast at juni at datagang.com. Lastly, I stream on Twitch every weekday for at least an hour at 9 a.m pacific time come hang out ask me questions vent or just chill it's a positive environment and everyone is welcome at twitch.tv slash real gang thank you and i hope you enjoy today's episode Okay, Uh, first things first Happy New Year Uh, I haven't been doing a good job of celebrating holidays on the podcast Because I just forget to say Merry Christmas And Happy Thanksgiving and all that fun stuff So I'm just going to get this out of the way Happy New Year I hope this year brings a lot of good fortune to you all A lot of good luck And I hope things go well uh, this year And maybe you get things this year that you couldn't achieve Or couldn't get last year Uh, I know this year, in terms of my trading goals uh, One of them being to sort of open my trading uh i guess my trading pool like i don't want to just be only doing put credit spreads and short iron condors on the 5k account rather i do want to start exploring other sort of uh, trading styles like buying options and or selling call credit spreads which we'll get a little bit more into later in the episode the first two trading sessions of this year uh namely tuesday and wednesday have been very red Uh, amd was down six percent Apple and Shopify down 4%. Soxel, uh, the semiconductor index, down 10% uh, and is the worst trading day since October. Today is Friday. I'm looking at my sort of watch list that has a bunch of tech stocks, some retail. Um, Yeah, I'd just say probably retail and tech stocks. I see a lot of just red and green. For example, like semis like NVIDIA and AMD are up about 2% for today costco and shopify are up about a percent so far but there's a good amount of also red like including apple lululemon starbucks um but there's also some unchanged stocks like uh, microsoft is down like 0.01 percent intel is down 0.09 percent so there's a lot of stocks also trading a bit flat um don't know what next week has in store but there's a good mix of red and green today on friday Some bit of extra news uh, this week that happened. Barclays downgraded Apple stock to underweight. Apple was down about 4% at the end of the trading session uh, following the downgrade. Ratings for stocks include overweight, underweight, and equal weight. For example, if Apple was about 5% of the SPY index, meaning the 5% of the total value of SPY, and it was expected to do well, uh, it would be considered to be overweight. Um, but if, for example, maybe Apple is 5% of SPY but is expected to do worse than the rest of the 95% of SPY, then it would be considered underweight. And just to reiterate, Barclays downgraded Apple stock from overweight to underweight. So they think that Apple will not do as well as its sort of peers or other uh, companies in the index uh, for the short term. Uh, To summarize, I wrote down some notes here that they're worried about the recent iPhone sales, uh, especially in China, and suspect that Apple services like Apple Health, News, and TV won't perform well this year. Upgrades and downgrades from companies like Barclays are hit or miss. While you shouldn't trade solely based on the upgrades and downgrades, they're helpful data points to look at uh, to help you continue your due diligence for your stock positions. I'd say earlier in my trading career, I cared a lot about downgrades and upgrades from analysts uh, about companies, especially companies I uh, traded in. Um, But as years go by, I think especially since 2019, I've started to formulate a little bit of my own opinions about companies uh, that I trade on. Um, And some of that includes trading companies that I'm very familiar with, whereas before I would trade companies that I wasn't so familiar with, maybe... You know, I was very interested in gains and less so about, you know, actually getting to know the company. So I would trade very volatile stuff like maybe oil or uh, like biopharmaceutical companies. Uh, But lately, you know, since 2019, for over the last four years, I've traded a very uh, tight style where I trade very few select companies instead of just like uh, diversifying for the sake of diversifying. And that's helped a lot, especially when it comes down to Uh, stock downgrades and upgrades about companies I'm invested in it impacts me much less so I just wanted to have that be some sort of uh, anecdotal uh, evidence or advice that I could share with you that when you start trading companies that you really like uh, and then you're able to look into the finances on your own uh, these upgrades and downgrades will influence your sort of cost basis because other people will not have their sort of own opinion rather they might sell or buy based on that article But in the long run, uh, the less you sort of freak out or overreact to these articles about stocks that you own, it should be better. Of course, I've only done this sort of style for the last four years, uh, but I've done it only exclusively uh, in this sort of style, and it's been of huge help to me. So hopefully, if you learn to trade a few stocks, get to really know them, be able to look at their finances on maybe Yahoo Finance, make sense of that, it'll help you a lot more in the long run. In other news uh, for this week, Xerox. uh, If you don't know what Xerox is, don't worry. Uh, I don't think a lot of new Zoomers do. Uh, They're an American company that sells print and digital products. Uh, They announced that they're cutting 15% of the workforce. Um, I wrote a note here that I I had no idea the company was public. Um, They've been public since 1984, which is really crazy. Uh, They reached uh, the mid-150s. During the dot com bubble in the late 90s, but since then has cooled off as now trading at $15. Next up, I do want to talk about the 5K account uh, that I have and Twitch. Uh, the 5K account is now chilling at around $5,700, so it's gone down about $300 since the last podcast recording. I have a few plays open right now. That includes an uh, Iron Condor on Adobe, a put credit spread on Ulta, and on Costco as well as Microsoft. And then I have two newly opened call credit spreads, which I'll get into in just a little bit, on Square and PayPal. My biggest losing trades uh, by far include Adobe and Ulta. They're both down about 130% right now. Uh, each of them being down about $187 to $140 in the red. Um, there's still a bit of time left on both of them. I have about a week left on the Adobe Short Iron Condor and two weeks on the Ulta put credit spread. So I'm not freaking out quite yet because, uh, as you know, that I don't close out my red trades uh, early, I, In fact, I wait for the last day to expiry and I'll close it manually then, so we'll see just how well that plan plays out. Uh, maybe I learned my lesson here and then I come up with some sort of max loss or max loss percentage that I'm okay with closing red with. But for now, I think I'm going to let these two be the example of uh, me closing out a red position on the last day because of course time is always in my favor so i'm just a little bit more incentivized to hold on but this could end up biting me in the butt but we'll see about that later just yesterday i opened up a costco put credit spread uh that today this morning was up about 45 percent uh and i thought you know what maybe i just wait for it to actually get up to 50 percent but Retrospect, I probably should have just taken it at 45% because now it's just up 30%, which is still really good. Um, But because my Adobe and Ulta plays are, you know, pretty red right now, I do need to let my losers kind of like chill out while my winners win. And so that means not taking winners off the table too early. And that includes, again, my Costco position that's now up 30% as opposed to the 45% that was at open today. So, you know, when it comes to Monday Open, I'm hoping that Costco, Adobe, and Ulta all go up. But Costco, not too worried about it uh, as it's one of my favorite stocks for this year. Lastly, I do have uh, two call credit spreads that I just wrote today on Friday during the Twitch live stream. Uh, And that's on Square and PayPal. Uh, This year, for the 5K account, I did want to expand my trading pool or my trading style. And I want to start incorporating some bearish plays because, you know, as the market is sort of going down since the new year has started, it's opening up some sort of weaknesses in my trading style uh, that I'm noticing right now. And that includes my red positions on Adobe and Ulta. So, to help balance that, I thought, you know what, I should find some companies that I'm sort of bearish on. Uh, and then instead of sort of buying puts, I can start mixing call credit spreads and see if it could work out then. Of course, this introduces a lot of bias and some amount of ego because, you know, I'm going to have to fight against some sort of trend. You know, I am a firm believer that stocks just generally do go up. So it just feels kind of bad being on the bearish side. But again, this is new territory for me. So I'm just experimenting with it. But I do think Square and PayPal do have an uphill battle uh, against Zelle. So Zelle is also a payment processing platform, but it's usually already baked into your favorite banking app. So if you have use Wells Fargo, you already have the Wells Fargo app on your phone, and then if you log in, you can use Zelle. And that's the same thing for like uh, Chase Bank and all your favorite banks that you usually uh, already have on your phone. So there's already this aspect of Hey, you don't need to download a separate app to send money. You can just use your bank app already. Um, In the past, PayPal used to be the option to use because there were no other options. But now Zelle has come by and then they don't have any transaction fees. It's very easy to use and it alleviates a lot of that friction. And there's no middleman. You know, if I'm sending you money through Zelle, it's from my bank account straight to your bank account and it's very clean. Um, Of course, it's not as social or pretty as Venmo, uh, but it gets the job done, and Zelle is only going to get bigger. It's very well funded, right? Like, all these banks are backing the project and the app, so you're going to notice that people are going to opt more and more for Zelle instead of using, say, Venmo or Cash App. On top of that, uh, Square is not profitable, right? Like, I'm already not a fan of companies that don't make money, so that kind of suits the bill there. Um, and I'm also not a huge fan of PayPal's direction going into more of the stablecoin stuff. As someone that is somewhat involved in the crypto space, I have no clue why I would ever want to use a PayPal stablecoin like that just makes no sense to me i know that there's already way more stable coins out there that people would rather use if given the choice it just looks like another hurdle for people to get into an ecosystem that's closed off if uh, i'm planning to use paypal to pay for a transaction that's already a hurdle in itself i'm usually just using my credit card these days uh, because paypal will require a sign in and usually my uh, credit card informations are just already saved, so why would I want to log in to PayPal to help pay with PayPal or like edit my credit card info in PayPal? PayPal right now, I wish I had a PayPal counter for how many times I said PayPal. PayPal right now is very business oriented. I don't see a regular consumer using PayPal beyond Venmo, and Venmo, I'm sure, doesn't make a lot of money. Okay. Um, it is a really cool app to use, but if, you're, if your co- entire company is based off of Venmo, that's also not a good sign. So for other reasons included that I went over on the stream, I was looking at some of the financial statements on Square and PayPal. There's a lot to prove, um, and while both have corrected quite a bit, I think that there's still room to go down. Does this mean that you should buy puts? No because this is a very biased perspective from me i feel like i've used paypal um since really day one of my e-commerce journey Uh, i remember my very first purchase that for anything i bought online like my very first purchase was a japanese kendama that i used my paypal account for that was tied to my debit card in high school that was my very first purchase um but it's been ages since I've used PayPal um, as a consumer beyond Venmo, because I, I I do use Venmo. Uh, but just looking at it and thinking about it, um, why would someone you know download Venmo when there's Zelle? Like I, I these days, I don't understand why. I also understand that Zelle's payment volume um, or average payment uh, transaction size for Zelle is much bigger. For example, people are more likely to pay rent on Zelle than say Venmo. For Venmo, it's usually for, like, you know, you go out to eat with a friend and you split the bill. Same thing with Cash App. Square is also going through this thing where uh, there's a a company that is famously shorting companies. uh, Came out with a report that, you know, Cash App could be flubbing some of its user growth and uh, account numbers. I don't know whether or not that's necessarily true, but I'm just, again, not a fan of a company that has a lot to prove that doesn't make a lot of money. So, square also being in the fintech space just makes a lot of sense for me just to go with the bullish thesis for zelle but more of a bearish thesis for square and paypal which look like they're trying to go more and more into the crypto space no uh, no sort of uh uh shade to crypto i own bitcoin i own ethereum i just don't think this is the right move for both of these companies but i could be wrong and that's why I'm just doing call credit spreads. I'm not going all in on puts or anything. Um, I'm not making a huge deal about this and like coming up with a paper and blasting it on Twitter. This is just me expanding my trading style from just put credit spreads and sprinkling in some call credit spreads. So I'm going to see how these work out and I'll report on these uh, in later episodes of the podcast. So, really crazy, uh, I took a pause of recording the podcast um, right, after this, uh, right after the last section that I just recorded, uh, and I took about like 30 to 40 minutes of just opening uh, Crocs puts on both my 5k account and my main account. So, um, if you're a patron, you can see the one on my main account, uh, and if you're, well, you don't need to be a patron or anything to view all my trades on the 5k account. Uh, I'm going bearish on Crocs. I don't typically go bearish on companies, but I kind of like hyped myself up, you know, as I was recording this podcast. I was kind of like, yeah, I do want to start exploring more ways to uh, expand my trading style and my trading pool. And, you know, seeing that the market can keep cooling off, I do want some sort of play that benefits if stocks continue to go down. Um, for those that are like uh, long-term, maybe long-term is not the right phrase, but if you're a, a regular Twitch chatter or a Twitch viewer of my Twitch account at twitch.tv slash Gang, where I stream every morning at 9 a.m. Pacific time, you'll know that I have my reservations against Crocs, um, but I don't want to sound too shilly or too berry uh, on the podcast here, so I'll leave it to you to go check out the VOD or the twitch channel um and maybe i can talk about it live there so i can give a fair perspective on both i don't want to dedicate an entire episode on like justifying why i'm buying these long puts but i just wanted to mention it in this episode so that like if i say later oh i lost 100 percent on these puts that i wrote like i don't know last week or a year ago or something then you it's not gonna come to you as a surprise so i'm letting you guys know on the podcast right now that i'm going bearish on crocs I have my own reasons. i love to talk to you about those reasons on Twitch, um, but maybe, just maybe, i go and have an episode dedicated to this later in the future, but of course, I'm not a financial advisor and Crocs can might as well just moon and go up like 50%, who knows, maybe Crocs comes back as a giant wave of fashion and I'm just totally out of the loop uh, and it, it just moons from here, but I have my own reasons i like it i think it's a very fun trade like i'm very excited now about like these coming weeks and of course crocs also has their earnings report on february um so yeah just super stoked um i feel like i'm having way more fun trading stocks that i uh that i have before um there's a patron that just signed up last week uh, his, na- his name or his username starts with a b uh it's very inspiring um he specializes in writing multiple contracts of cash secured puts at a time uh and i was also thinking about doing something similar to that where he's inspiring me where if i have a pretty good win probability on the way i trade uh amd and nvidia uh why don't i just sell multiples of the ones that i currently sort of do right now where i'm trading like only singles of these cash secured puts but maybe i could up the quantity to two or three but we'll see we'll see i'm having a lot of fun learning and exploring new options i think just this week i basically uh ventured into long puts and call credit spreads so this is already enough change i don't want to add too many changes and up the quality or up the quantity of you know my contracts with these changes as well it just seems like a little bit too much so Maybe that's something that I sort of explore more next week and then execute the following week. Um, but yeah, having fun. Uh, today is going to be a bit of a shorter episode. Um, my voice isn't feeling too good. I don't know if that's coming across on the podcast uh, as well, but I'm having like these cough attacks, kind of annoying Um but it's okay. I think. Oh, oh God. <clears throat> that was my empty water bottle. Um, yeah, just uh, not feeling <clears throat> all too great. But <clears throat> I'm glad that I got the <clears throat> episode completed. Holy moly! Um, <laughs> I feel like the body knows when you're just trying to like get that get to the ending of something. Like for example. You know when you have to use the restroom really bad, and then all of a sudden, you uh, you get to maybe you pull up to your house and you're you're so close, and then it gets the urges get even more and more. Uh, I feel like that's sort of happening to my voice right now. Um, I'm gonna go with the outro here. I'm gonna say the outro and say the names of my lovely patrons, and then maybe get into some of the one percent stuff. But uh, here we go. Let's do reverse alphabetic order. Let's try that. Let's do we haven't done that before. Okay. Um, this podcast, the website and stream are all made possible because of my patrons at patreon.com slash theta gang. Signing up helps keep the services up and alive as well as pay my own personal bills. I do the podcast, website, and stream full time as my primary source of income. I feel grateful to be able to do this full time and in my focus on providing the best possible service for free the podcast website and stream are all free and it'll stay that way signing up for patreon does give you a few perks so check it out again at patreon.com slash gang if you're interested in helping support uh, huge huge shout out to my patrons here uh that's vegeta plank upstream puddle turbo ricky the jester shout out to the discord uh Teko me elmo symmetric statistically random uh slow motion seneca rusty um rooster pasture bedtime NS 88 north Brizzle. nala mr integrity mods mcmd mcfly maltman 1856 major maestro xc wow we have a lot of m's uh los pepes lord skeletor kj martin kevlar 22 kaput k21 butler uh, Jay Perkins, 86, Grandpa 95, Fancy Wolf, Espresso Bean, EDC, Danube 9000, Dang High, Chicken Dinner, Caveman, C- Can't Make Money, IRL, Bearded Savage, Bana Douchey, uh, Averillian, Ar- Arfman, Andy V, and Alexander Kerm. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, it's, it's huge. It's a, it's a list and it's growing and I can't be more grateful than that. Um. I'm also getting like a good handful of subs, you know, uh, every week on Twitch. So that's also very gratifying. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, we just recently crossed 1400 followers on Twitch. That's, so that's pretty cool. And I'm having just a, a lot of fun being able to sort of talk through my process and help out people. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of feeling in my voice now, but I want to give one quick story. I should have, I should have mentioned this um in my uh 5k (coughs) slash twitch (coughs) section um and there was this one individual that came in uh and he he or she i mean i'll just say they uh they came in and they said hey can i ask for some advice and it was very general that's that's what they said It, it didn't have anything to do with trading it didn't have anything to do with um life or anything they just like they just said can i ask you for some advice and then i was just like you know what i'll say yes whatever let's do it and it turns out it was trading related and they talked about their story of essentially losing 168k i think that, that was the number some some six digit number like 160 something um so they lost hundred sixty thousand dollars playing options um then they sort of uh revealed that they were a 16 year old um their first language was not english that's that's for sure they kind of spoke in broken english but enough for me to understand there's a 16 year old with a 95k salary so maybe like a junior engineer somewhere um, that had saved up a whole bunch of money but they had lost 160k you know um and uh, I told them straight up like hey you know what that's a it's a lot of money it's easy to say that mo- uh, money is just money and that you know you'll get over it and it's gonna be better later that's very generic advice you know I'd say that 160k when you're 16 is a life-changing amount of money if you still had 160k there's a lot of cool ways to make that work for you into the future uh, not saying that you're going to be able to retire like anytime soon but there are a lot of cool ways where you could sort of keep this extra pocket money uh, coming into your sort of portfolio or into your bank account uh, every week. And that could be like dividends or something. Uh, But it was just cool seeing that sort of vulnerability and asking for advice on what to do next. And I had told him uh, to essentially uh, quit trading options for now, you know, um, and focus on dollar cost averaging a stock that you like or that you like to use um and something very small cuz i also mentioned that like his or her or you know their dopamine receptor is fried okay you don't just get to a spot where you lose 160k in one play that's usually over a few plays and it takes a some period of time and somehow some way you thought 160k or you know 100k before you got to 160k loss was winnable that you you didn't have to change necessarily anything but it was not until you reached 160k loss that you decided to sort of pause and then ask for help so if there's something in your brain that's just too used to this big changing number uh and to think that you're gonna make it all back and break even is i think the wrong mindset to tackle a big loss so Meaning that, like, your goal shouldn't be strictly to break even again. I think that's where pe- people get on tilt, and you're gonna make these really crazy plays to try to break even. Where if you just up overhaul your strategy and just did something more responsible, um, then you know eventually you might break even. You might, but the key thing right now is to stop the bleeding, stop the bad trading habits, uh, and that in itself means that hey your first goal should not be to break even it should be to trade more responsibly uh and get all your ducks in in order uh i told them if you don't have one already you should open an ira and this is a reminder uh that the ira limit has been increased to 7k this year so if you're uh, looking to invest uh, your money into the stock market your first goal should be to max out your ira Uh, if you don't know what ira is it's an individual retirement account and there's a reason why the government puts a limit on it it's because the deal is so good so make sure you are on top of that i've already maxed mine out for the year i just slammed 7k in it and just called it a day that's what i usually do every year i don't like the dollar cost average into my ira if i just have the money available it just feels like you know feels like I, something that i just don't want to worry about so i just max it out and then call it a day or call it a year um, but yeah i thought it was a really cool experience for that person to show up in the twitch chat Asked for advice in a very vulnerable spot, um, and he seemed very grateful for the um, the attention, I guess, because I sort of dedicated like the next twenty minutes after he asked the question to answering that question, and I made sure to tell him like, hey, you know, don't sign up for anyone's like private Discord or trade alerts or anything, you know, right now you need to focus on you and uh, make sure you're in the right headspace to sort of continue. I don't know, like trading if you want to, but kind of getting your finances back in order. Um, and he appreciated that, and uh, he gifted five community subs, so that was also really cool of him. And I, I really, um, I really appreciated that on his behalf. And it was just a really wholesome moment that this happened. I think either on Tuesday or Wednesday. And um, wow, I should really should have mentioned this in the in the main in this episode, but I, I, I kind of just forgot about that a moment until as I was like saying the outro. Uh, but yeah, that happened <clears throat> this week. And, uh, if you've experienced a large loss, I think what I've sort of, um, uh, brought up just now about how your mentality shouldn't be about breaking even just re- resetting your dopamine receptors essentially. And learning to trade responsibly is a good first step. And that could mean just dollar cost averaging, maybe like tens of dollars instead of like thousands of dollars at one time you know just get just recalibrate find your roots get solid again um 2024 has just started the market's been kind of wobbly to be honest it's kind of hard to read the market right now um but we're learning we're growing we're trying new trading styles we're communicating more um we're learning with the chat there's a lot of like regular twitch chatters that i'm very grateful for too we all have our own catchphrases of what we like to say as well. Hola, mis amigos, if you know where that's from, you know who you are. So it's a cool experience. I'm I'm happy to be sort of what I consider now to be a full-time day trader because I do expect to pull out some money from my portfolio to help pay my bills eventually. I have maybe four to six months of runway before I have to consider doing that. Um, and uh, yeah, so... Being a full-time day trader is a pretty cool title, so I'll be able to prove that maybe I am in the 1% of day traders that can call themselves a successful day trader, but that's just a pipe dream, I think, for right now. Um, And then also just being a content creator, being a streamer, being excited to wake up every day, um, showing my terminal and trading along with um, sort of the Twitch chat has been really, really uh, gratifying, especially this experience I had this last week. Uh, this experience this last week having someone that lost a large amount of money come in ask for my advice uh, so that I can tell them hey you're a pretty big target for people that want to like get you to sign up for their trading alerts and all that stuff being able to warn that person you know being able to be there and give them real genuine like some cautionary tales of like hey You're going to be targeted for people that think that you want to make it all back and they're going to promise you all these sorts of things. It was really cool being able to be there for that person. Um, And I hope to be there for more people as um, I I just know, you know, in my career, that's not going to be like the last big loss um, that someone will share with me. So, you know, if you have already experienced a loss and maybe that's why you're not trading this year, um, or maybe you paused trading, but you just still listen to the podcast. I think the stream is a really cool place just to um, like hang out, even even if uh, you don't necessarily trade stocks right now. It's a pretty wholesome, wholesome community that we have, which I'm grateful for. Uh, but besides that, thank you all for listening, and I will um, <clears throat> here or not here. I will see everyone on Monday for the Twitch stream. Uh, otherwise. If you don't watch the Twitch stream because, again, it's during the workday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, Uh, then see you guys in the next podcast episode. Thank you and bye-bye.